Genesis chapter 11. And uh, here we are right before Christmas, and it, and it sort of seems like maybe I'd be bringing a Christmas message tonight, but that's just not the direction that the Lord has led this evening. And God just really laid a challenge. And Brother Brandon prayed that in his prayer tonight. Lord, somebody, maybe somebody needs a challenge. And that's what this is this evening. And, and God just really moved this on my heart in such a powerful way. And um, I believe uh, every morning I try to, the first thing I try to do in the morning before I do anything else is uh, tell them we said hello, whoever that is, amen. And uh, as I try to spend a little time in my Bible, I mean, first thing I get up, as soon as my feet hit the floor, I just try to read a verse or two out of my Bible. And then, you know, get up and you start, you know, getting yourself in order and that kind of thing. And then before I go to bed, the very last thing I do before I go to bed at night is I try to read a couple of verses out of the Bible. Now I have a time, a season of prayer, and a time that I try to really spend time in the Word, but I'm talking about the very first thing. Man, before I do anything, before I start handling any business of the day, is I want to read a couple of verses in the Bible. And and then at the very last of the day, just a couple of verses in the Bible before I go to bed. Well, the other day, I had uh, just turned around, put my feet on the floor, got my Bible, and my Bible came open to Genesis chapter 11. And I read these verses. And man, God just, it was just like the Lord just laid something on me. I mean, just the first part of the day. And so I want you to look at Genesis 11 and look, if you will, at verse number 29. And the Bible says, And Abram and Nahor took them wives. The name of Abram's wife was Sarai. In the name of Nahor's wife, Milcah, the daughter of Haran, the father of Milcah, and the father of Iscah. But Sarah was, was barren. She had no child. Now I want you to notice verses 31 verse 32. The Bible says, And Terah took Abram his son, and Lot the son of Haran, his son's son, and Sarah his daughter-in-law, his son Abram's wife. And they went forth with them from Ur the Chaldees, to go into the land of Canaan. So let me say that again. And they went forth with them from Ur of the Chaldees to go into the land of Canaan. And they came unto Haran and dwelt there. And then the sad verse is verse number 32. And the days of Terah were 205 years, and Terah died not in Canaan. He died in Haran. That's not where he was going. He was going to Canaan. But he died in Haran. And I seen that verse the other day, and God began to just really lay a burden on my heart. So I want to share that with you, uh, if I could, just a few minutes tonight, living just out side the will of God and so let's pray and we'll jump right it's a simple outline let's pray and we'll get into the outline tonight father we thank you for <clears throat> church thank you for Calvary church thank you for what you've given us here at Calvary and God help us to always be thankful and grateful Lord lest you ever take it away Lord you could take that candle away from this church and uh, and we hold no corner on the market there's nothing special necessarily about us and, the Lord, the only special thing about this church is that your blessing is here, your presence is here, 
And Heavenly Father, we sure want it to stay here until Jesus returns. And I pray that, Lord, you'll take us a few minutes now as we take a few moments to dive into the Word of God tonight. And God, I pray that you'll give us what we desperately need. Lord, it could be, and it's more than likely, that there's somebody that's watching by way of Internet tonight, by way of live stream. And it could be that we know them, and it could be that we don't know them. But Lord, I believe that you've got someone in mind this evening. And, uh, and I know it's been a challenge to my own personal life. And so I pray that you'll speak to our hearts. I pray for the power and the fullness of the Holy Spirit. And I know our people have worked a long, hard day. And they're weary tonight. And so God, I pray that uh, you would give them the strength and the stamina to uh, not only stay awake, but Lord, to be able to listen intently. And I pray that uh, we'll be uh, not only hearers of the word, but I pray that we'll be doers of the word. Give us that challenge that Brother Brandon prayed about tonight. We pray that our Savior would receive glory from it all. In Jesus' name we pray and for his sake, amen and amen. We notice here in Genesis chapter 11 that Terah, Abram's father, made a move toward Canaan. They call it the promised land, Canaan's fair land. But we notice here in Genesis chapter 11 that he never quite made it. He died, the Bible says, settling in the land of Haran. Or maybe I should put it like this. He died settling for Haran. It's interesting. The word Haran there means this. It means parched or thirsty. He was headed toward a place flowing with milk and honey, and yet he died thirsty. If you think for a half of a second that's an accident, you're mistaken. Man, that is, that is about as clear as God could put it. Now, I want us to understand something tonight that Canaan, and we're not going to make, you know, bones about it, and there's songs that are written with that, and, and that's fine. You know, we, we understand what they're trying to say. But Canaan in the Word of God is actually not a picture of heaven. Canaan is actually a picture of God's perfect will. And so occasionally you hear a song talking about I'm headed to Canaan's fair land. That's fine. We, we know what they're trying to say. Uh, but Canaan is not necessarily a picture of heaven as much as it is a picture of God's perfect will. And what a sad thought here. Here was a man who desired the will of God. He not only desired the will of God, but he made a move toward the will of God, but settled for less than the will of God. And I wonder tonight how many people will live their Christian life and die in the land of Haran. I mean, they started attending a church. They started reading their Bible. They, maybe they responded to an invitation. Maybe, uh, no, no telling, but, you know, God began to work in their life. And they set out, like Terah here, they set out heading toward Canaan's fair land, and yet they settled for a dry and thirsty, barren, parched place. Sad. It's a sad story, isn't it? You know, it's, but, but how many know this? This is an amazing book. I mean, it, it is just an amazing book. And the more you read it, the more you realize how amazing it is. And as is often the case, when God shows us a story like that, we, if we read just a little bit further, God often shows us a contrast to that story. 
And so God shows us in Genesis chapter 11, a man by the name of Terah who set out for the perfect will of God and yet he died settling uh, thirsty and died out of the will of God. Well, we get to Genesis chapter 12 and God shows us a stark contrast. He shows us a name, a man by the name of Abram or Abraham. And we notice here that Abraham, on the other hand, was determined that he was going to Canaan and nothing was going to stand in his way. And I'll show you that in just a moment. Now, let's look at the scripture tonight, Genesis chapter 12 and verse number, verse number one. Now, the Bible says, Now the Lord had said unto Abram, Get thee out of thy country and from thy kindred and from thy father's house unto a land that I will show thee. And he said in verse two about Abram, And I will make of thee a great nation, and I will bless thee and make thy name great, and thou shalt be a blessing. Verse three, all you young people, I want you to hear verse three because a lot of times you don't understand why this is so important. Verse number three, God gave Abram a promise. He said, and I will bless them that bless thee and curse him that curseth thee. And in thee shall all families of the earth be blessed. I'm not preaching on this, but I want to just insert something here real quickly. Somebody says, preacher, why is Israel such a big deal? And why should America continue to be an ally of Israel. Take exactly why. Because God put a promise there. And he said, those who are a friend to Israel, God said, I'll be a friend to you. He said, if you'll bless Israel, I'll bless you. But he said, if you curse Israel, I'll curse you. That's what he was saying there in Genesis chapter 12 and verse number three. And so uh, may we ever be a friend to the nation of Israel. Amen. Uh, God's promises are, uh, are promises of longevity. Now look at verse four. The Bible says, so Abram departed as the Lord had spoken unto him and Lot went with him. And Abram was 70 and five years old when he departed out of Haran. Uh, and Abram took Sarah his wife and Lot his brother's son and all their substance that they had gathered and the souls that they had gotten in Haran. And they, I love this, and they went forth to go into the land of Canaan and into the land of Canaan, they came. Man, isn't that great? We can have the closing prayer, and it'd been worth you coming tonight, right there. We notice here that Abram was determined to go to Canaan. Again, a picture of the perfect will of God. And we notice that nothing stood in the way, that Abram made it a point to end up in Canaan's fair land. Now, I want to draw your attention to the scripture tonight. I want to show you several things uh, that Abram did not allow to keep him from Canaan. Number one, uh, quickly, I'll go through this. Number one, we noticed that Abram did not allow family to keep him from Canaan. Notice Genesis chapter 12, verse number four. The Bible says, so Abram departed. God said, Abram, I want you in Canaan. So Abram departed as the Lord had spoken unto him. Notice this, and Lot went with him. Now, who was Lot? Well, that was Abram's nephew. And Lot's daddy had passed away. And so uh, Abram, uh, and now Abram's daddy has died. And so Abraham, or Abram, takes Lot as his own. But we notice here the Bible says, and Lot went with him. And so Abram's, uh, Abram's attitude was this. You know what? I'm going to Canaan. I'm going to Canaan. God has called me to Canaan. God has called me to go to the perfect will of God. And evidently, Abram said to Lot, Now, Lot, I'm going to Canaan. If you want to go with me, you're welcome to go. 
but I'm going to Canaan. Now, Lot, if you stay here, I'm going to Canaan. But if you want to come, you're welcome to come. Are y'all following me tonight? Uh, But one way or another, I am going to Canaan. And so we notice here that Abram did not allow his family to keep him from the perfect will of God. Now, I said that to say this sometimes. Your family as good as they are, and thank God for family. Someone mentioned, Miss Rhonda mentioned that tonight, and I, I could not say amen to that enough times. Thank God for family. But sometimes family can be an anchor when it comes to doing the will of God, when it comes to being in the perfect will of God. But I want us to understand something tonight, that regardless of where your family dwells, regardless of where your family goes, regardless of the direction that your family goes in life, how many know this? That our first responsibility is to serve the Lord Jesus Christ. If mom and dad go with us, that's great. If our kids go with us, that's wonderful. If our family goes with us, that's great. But regardless of if nobody goes with us to Canaan, it is our responsibility to live in Canaan's fair land. And that is the perfect will of God. I thought about William Borden, and you've heard me mention William Borden many times. Borden Milk, the big Borden Empire. And uh, William Borden's parents were, uh, were unbelievably wealthy. And in fact, when William Borden uh, graduated from high school, they gave him a graduation present. And his graduation present was a trip around the world. That was his, his present. They were unbelievably wealthy. Well, uh, William Borden took that, that gift and he began to travel around the world. And what his parents didn't understand was this, that while he was traveling around the world, God began to burden his heart for missions. And he wanted to reach people with the gospel. And so he sent word back to his, uh, to his uh, folks. And he was to be an heir of the Borden Empire. And he sent word back. And he said, Mom and Dad, thank you for this trip. But he said, God has burdened my heart to reach people for Christ. And I want to be a missionary. I want to be a missionary. And, uh, well, word began to spread. And people began to, people began to contact William Borden. They said, William, what are you thinking? Do you know who your name, uh, do you know who you are? Do you know what your name is? You're, you're a part of the Borden family. And uh, your family has a name. They have a reputation. And uh, you need to reconsider. This is what some of the people told William Borden. William Borden, you are ruining your life. You're wrecking your life. Man, you need to get back here and get in the business and, uh, and become filthy rich like your, like your folks. And, and, uh, and they said that William Borden took his Bible and in the flyleaf of his Bible, he wrote these words, no reserves, no reserves. In fact, they said that an entry in his personal college journal, this is what he wrote, quote, say no to self and say yes to Jesus every time. Uh, William Borden enrolled in Princeton University and went to Princeton University and graduated. And when he came out of Princeton University, he had, uh, because of his name, he had multiple uh, businesses and corporations that contacted him and said, we want you to come and work for us and we'll pay you exorbitant amounts of money. And, uh, but William Borden turned those opportunities down and they said that he took his Bible and, and he opened that Bible where it said no reserves and underneath those two words, no reserves, he wrote these words, no retreats, no retreats. 
In other words, William Borden said, I am going to be a missionary. I'm going to reach people with the gospel. And William Borden had a burden to go to China and reach people with Jesus in China. They said that he, uh, he was in his 20s and he took off for China. He stopped in Egypt for a little while to begin to learn the Chinese, uh, the, the Chinese language. And while he was there, he contacted spinal meningitis and died at the age of 25. 25. Now, some people look at that and say, wow, what a waste. What a waste that was. But William Borden did this. Right before he passed away, he got that same Bible. He opened it up to that fly leaf and where it said no reserves and where it said uh, no retreats, he wrote underneath those words, no regrets. No regrets. You know why? I tell you why. Because here was a man who said, I'm going to Canaan. I'm going to Canaan and nothing's going to keep me from it. And I don't care what you say and I don't care which direction you go and I don't care what you want to do. God has called me to do the perfect will. Oh, this is good tonight. God has called me to do the perfect will of God and I'm going to do the perfect will of God. Now I want to say tonight, it is a hard balance uh, to have a family and do the will of God. But you can do both. You can do both. And I'm going to be honest, sometimes it's a juggling act. When you've got a family and a ministry and you work a full-time job, man, it is a constant juggling act. But it can be done. And uh, I remember when we were bringing up our kids, uh, you know what, we made church big when it was church time and we made family time big when it was family time. And I wrote this down in the outline. We worshiped hard and we played hard, amen. And uh, our kids knew on Sunday, no question, we're going to church on Sunday. And by the way, when we woke them up in the morning, we didn't say, get up, we gotta go. We woke them up and said, get up, we get to go today. We get to go to church today. It's a joy, it's a privilege. And so our kids knew we were gonna come to the house of God, but at the same time, there were gonna be some times when we were gonna let our hair down and we were gonna play. And so we notice here that Abram did not allow family to keep him from Canaan. How about this? Number two, we notice that Abram did not allow age to keep him from Canaan. Look at Genesis 12, verse four again. The Bible says, so Abram departed as the Lord had spoken unto him and Lot went with him. Watch this now. And Abram was 75 years old when he departed out of Haran. Now some would consider Abram to be old. He was 75 years old. But here's my point. Abram did not allow age to hinder him. You know what he said? God said, I'm going to Canaan, and I'm going to Canaan's land. I thought about, when I, I got to this point, I thought about a fellow by the name of Arden McGeorge. When my wife and I moved up to Hammond, Indiana, and started going to Bible college, and we were just young whippersnappers and I was 21 years old when I went to Bible college and, and uh, one of the very first people that I met at college was a man by the name of Arden McGeorge. Arden McGeorge stood out. Oh, it's not that he was weird. He wasn't weird. He was a great guy. Had a burden for the Lord. Had a passion for serving Christ. But most of the, most of the, of the uh, uh, folks in Bible college are young people and some of them come out of high school and, and, and most of them were young marrieds. And, uh, but Arden McGeorge was... 65 years old, and he had just enrolled in Bible college. I remember going out uh, soul winning with Brother Arden. I remember Brother Arden preaching on the bus route. I remember Brother Arden being a soul winner, and I can remember Brother Arden preaching and shedding tears, and man, just a good guy. And I remember talking to Brother Arden. I said to Arden, I said, uh, I said uh, you know, 
What are you doing here? You're 65 years old. What are you doing here in Bible college? He said, Brother Steve, let me tell you the story. He said, many years ago, he said, my wife and I lived in Pennsylvania, and he said, I owned a, a, a successful business, and I think he owned a, a gravel, big gravel business, rock quarry type thing, very successful business. And he said, but I was going to a good church, and he said, uh, uh, preacher preached or had revival or something like that, and he said, God called me to preach. He said, God called me to preach. He said, but I was smoking cigarettes back in that day. And he said, I, he said, I just didn't feel like I could preach and smoke at the same time. And he said, so he said, I, I, I decided to run from God. And he said, I held on to my cigarettes. And he said, on top of that, he said, my business was flourishing and, and booming. And he said, I didn't want to leave my business. And he said, so for many, many years, I ran from the will of God. But he said, God wouldn't leave me alone. And he said, all these years later, one day, he said, I got rid of the business. He said, I laid my cigarettes down. And he said, I said, I'm going to enroll in Bible college, and I'm going to become a preacher. And, uh, and Arden McGeorge was one of the best men that I ever met. Now, wait a minute now. What's your point? My point is, here's a man who said, I'm not going to let age keep me from the perfect will of God. But wait a minute now. Wait a minute now. There's a flip side to that coin. Uh, some would consider Abram to be old. But actually, if you read this in his context, some would consider Abram to be young at 75. You see, if you read the, 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 the scripture there, Abraham really is only about middle-aged. I mean, he's only about middle-aged. I mean, those people are living up 100, 150, 200 years old. And Abraham, listen, Abraham's still the young whippersnapper. I mean, he's, the, he's young. And, uh, but Abram said, I'm not gonna let what some would consider to be youth Keep me from Canaan. Now, young people, listen to me tonight. Listen to your preacher tonight. Don't allow youth to keep you from serving God. You'll say, well, pastor, one of these days, when I get Brother Brandon's age, I'm gonna be on fire. Don't wait until you're Brother Brandon's age and don't wait till you're an old man like me or some of these other people. This is what I'm saying. If you've got youth on your side, use it right now. If you're 15, 16 years old, serve God. Man, whatever gift God has given you, use it for the glory of God. Don't you wait. Don't you hesitate. Don't you procrastinate. Uh, just get in there. You say, well, uh, uh, preacher, what can I do? You can do all kinds of things. You can teach a Sunday school class. You can help, help out as, a, as an usher. You can help play an instrument. Listen, if you've got a gift in playing an instrument, you ought to use it. Uh, if you can sing, you ought to sing. Uh, if you're uh, 12 years old, come sing in a choir. Uh, but use your gift for the glory of God. Don't let youth keep you from Canaan's land. First Timothy chapter 4, verse 12. Let no man despise thy youth, but be thou an example of the believers in word, in conversation, in charity, in spirit, in faith, in purity. And so we notice here that Abram did not allow family to keep him from Canaan's land. He did not allow age to keep him from Canaan's land. How about this? Number next is this. Number three, how Abram did not allow marriage to keep him from the perfect will of God. Look back at Genesis chapter 12 and verse number five. I just, I just, I thought this was significant. I think there's a reason I put this in there. Genesis chapter 12, verse five. The Bible says, and, and Abram took Sarai, his wife. In other words, Abram's wife, went with him to do the will of God. And uh, now you read the scripture, you'll find out Sarah wasn't always a perfect example of, of a, a godly wife necessarily. And yet 
Abram did not allow marriage to keep him from Canaan. Now again, I'm in a hurry. I know it's, it's 10 till, and we're going to get it done by then probably. But I want to I wanna say something to all of our kids tonight and all of our young people tonight, especially in the day that we're living in right now. Kids, you better choose wisely. You better choose your mate wisely. There's some of you here tonight, you're 18, 19 years old, and you're thinking, Preacher, I'm an old maid. I'm not married yet. I'm not even engaged yet. Listen, don't worry about it. Take your time. <laughs> Take your time. Don't rush. Don't rush the washing machine. Listen, you can, put your, you can put your dirty clothes in the washing machine. You can pour your soap in there. You can turn that cycle on. And, uh, and that thing, start, the water starts pouring in there. And, but wait a minute now, how, how many know this? You can take that washing machine and you can turn it on, on a, a, a different cycle and, uh, and it'll do something else. Maybe it'll spin. Then you can turn it again. Maybe it'll rinse. But how many know your clothes aren't going to get clean that way? You've got to let that washing machine run all the way through the cycle. And there's some of you, you're on the very first part of that cycle. Don't rush the washing machine, amen. Just hang on. Uh, but whatever mate you choose, make sure that you choose wisely. Your mate can complement your Christian life or your mate can curse your Christian life. Uh, and so make sure that you choose wisely. Now, I wanna, we're gonna do it quickly, but I wanna show you something tonight. Did you know that even, even if your spouse is not with you as far as going to Canaan, and even if your spouse is an unbeliever, did you know that God wants you in Canaan? Now I want to show you that tonight. I want you to take your Bibles, turn over, if you will, to 1 Corinthians chapter 7. We'll go back to Genesis 12 in just a moment. But 1 Corinthians chapter 7 in your Bibles and look, if you will, at verse number 12. I just felt like God laid this on my heart and I felt like this was important for me to bring out tonight. 1 Corinthians chapter 7 and verse number 12. Paul is addressing the church of Corinth here. In verse number 12, he said, But to the rest speak I, not the Lord. He said, If any brother hath a wife that believeth not, and she be pleased to dwell with him, let him not put her away. In other words, don't divorce her. She's lost. But he said, don't, don't, don't leave her. Don't, don't put her away. Don't, don't divorce her. And the woman which hath an husband that believeth not, and if he be pleased to dwell with her, let her not leave him. Now, look at this. For the unbelieving husband is sanctified by the wife, and the unbelieving wife is sanctified by the husband. Else were your children unclean, but now are they holy. In other words, in other words, if uh, Paul said, if you're living with a wife that's lost, he said, number one, if she wants to stay with you, stay with her. Hang in there. But he said, you keep doing the will of God. Why? Because you doing the will of God is going to sanctify your children. Listen, if you're living with an unsaved spouse and both of you just decide she's, she's already unsaved, he's already unsaved, and then you say, what's the use? And you just get out of Canaan's land. What's going to happen to your kids? That's exactly, I believe, what the Bible is teaching there. Now, same chapter, skip down to verse number 29. Paul said, but this I say, brethren, after he's talking about all those things about marriage, but this I say, brethren, the time is short. It remaineth that both they that have wives 
be as though they had none. And they that weep as though they wept not. And they that rejoice as though they rejoice not. And they that buy as though they possess not. And they that use this world as not abusing it for the fashion of this world passes away. Look at verse 35. Paul says, and this I speak for your own profit, not that I may cast a snare upon you, but for that which is comely, here it is, and that ye may attend upon the Lord without distraction. Boy, aren't you glad the Bible's so plain and pure and, 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 and simple? You know what he's saying? You go to Canaan's land regardless. Listen, if your wife goes with you, uh, you go to Canaan's land. But if your wife doesn't want to go with you, you go to Canaan's land. If your husband wants to do the will of God, praise God. And, uh, but if your husband doesn't want to do the will of God, you go to Canaan anyway. It's exactly what the Bible's teaching. In fact, I, I, I noticed this. The Bible teaches this, that even if you are a widow or a widower, did you know that God wants you to live in Canaan? Now, turn over to 1 Timothy chapter 5 and look at verse number 5 tonight. 1 Timothy chapter 5. Now, this is tough, and I'm going to be honest with you. Most of us, most of us can't even go there because we've never been down that road. And, and for those who have, man, we applaud them. But look what he says in 1 Timothy chapter 5 and verse number 5. The Bible says, Now she that is a widow indeed and desolate, what, what does she do? Trusteth in God and continueth in supplications and prayers night and day. God said, even if you've lost your loved one, I want you to live in Canaan. I want you to live in the will of God, the perfect will of God. And so we notice here that Abram did not allow marriage to keep him out of Canaan. Real quickly, how about this? Abraham did not allow stuff to keep him out of Canaan. Now, you need to see this. I know you're over in Timothy, but I want you to turn back over to Genesis because you really need to see this tonight. Genesis chapter 12 again. And I want you, this time I want you to look at verse number five. Genesis chapter 12 and verse number five. The Bible says, And Abram took Sarai his wife and Lot his brother's son. Look at this. And all their substance that they had gathered. So, uh, in other words, Abraham, by this time, or Abram had accumulated some stuff. But Abraham made a determination, I'm going to live in the perfect will of God. Do you know that oftentimes people fail to serve the Lord for two reasons? I'm going to give you those two reasons. Number one, they're paying for their stuff. Or number two, they're playing with their stuff. Most of the time we knock on doors and we say, we'd love for you to come to Calvary. And in their mind, they're already thinking, I can't. I'm so in debt, I've got to work on Sunday. I'm so in debt, I've got to work during church time. Or if that's not the case, their mentality is this, I can't come. Man, we're going riding this weekend. I'm going horseback riding. Well, I like horseback riding just like everybody else. I grew up around horses. We had horses uh, pretty much the whole time I was growing up. I love horses, still love to ride. But you know what? Sunday's God's day. And if you want to ride horses on Sunday, then ride the horses in between Sunday school or between Sunday morning and Sunday night. But I'm just saying this. You know what? Uh, regardless of what it is, I, I, I love to play golf. I don't play very well, but I love to play. 
I love to bass fish. Good night. You kidding me? I love to bass fish. But uh, not on Sunday. And so, uh, you know what? You have to make sure that you don't allow stuff to keep you from Canaan's land. We've got to bring this thing to a close. How about this? Last of all, I noticed that Abram did not allow his past to keep him from Canaan. Now, again, look at Genesis chapter 12, verse 5. And Abram took Sarai, his wife, and Lot, his brother's son, and all their substance that they had gathered. Look at this. And the souls that they had gotten in Haran. Now, that was outside the will of God. That was in that parched, thirsty land. But these were some things that had happened in the past before Abram got into Canaan, before he got into the will of God. And I just wrote this down. Abram had some baggage that he had to carry with him to Canaan. But he still wound up in Canaan. And most people today never get to Canaan without some baggage. Sometimes we preach pretty tough things here at Calvary Baptist Church, not because we're mad at anybody, mad at the devil. But sometimes our preaching gets a little tough here because we're hoping maybe we can get a few of these young people to Canaan without all this baggage, carrying all this baggage with them. And yet Abram had some baggage, but we noticed that Abram was determined, baggage or no baggage, I'm going to Canaan's fair land. I thought about, I thought about John Newton. John Newton, when he was younger, was a, a slave ship captain. They said he was a very hated man, despised, a very hard man. And they said that, that his men hated him. I heard my preacher many times tell the story about how uh, that at one point in John Newton's life that he was so depraved that someone had talked about selling him for a bag of potatoes. And they said that John Newton one day when he was on that slave ship that uh, they got caught in a horrendous storm and John Newton was washed overboard. But his men knew that they would, he, they knew that, that they would get in terrible trouble if they didn't try, to, didn't try to rescue him. And so to rescue him, they took a harpoon and they harpooned John Newton in the leg and drug him back up on board the ship. They said for the rest of his life that John Newton walked with a limp. You know what that means? He had some baggage. But John Newton went on to write those words, Amazing Grace. How sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found. Was blind, but now I see. Listen, don't allow the past to keep you from going to Canaan. This is all I'm saying in the message tonight. You know what? The truth of the matter is, Calvary, excuses come a dime a dozen. Everybody's got them. You say, preacher, I got problems. Everybody's got them. I told a couple the other day, I said, if I, and I'm not going to, I said, if I told the church about your problems, I'd have to stand up and tell the church about five or six other people having problems. We've all got problems. But we've got to come to the point like Abram where we say, I'm going to Canaan. I'm living in the will of God. If you go with me, that's better. But if you don't go, I'm living in the will of God. Lord, we love you. Thank you so much for this time we've had together tonight. 
I want to personally thank you for the message. It's been a challenge in my personal life. Lord, so many times the devil tries to introduce things into our, into our, our lives, Lord, as an attempt to get us to settle for Haran. He wants us to settle for that dry, parched, thirsty land when there's milk and honey flowing just ahead. Lord, tonight I pray that you would do something in my own personal heart and life tonight. And then, Lord, I pray that you'd do something in the heart and life of my wife and my family. And then, Lord, I pray that you'd do something in the the hearts and lives of our people. And, God, I pray that you would give us a church full of people and young people and teenagers and older folk who would say, regardless of what happens, I'm going to live in Canaan. I'm going to do the perfect will of God with my life. God, I feel like we need to have at least a a moment of an invitation. And so I pray tonight that you're working hearts and help us to make sure that we don't miss the will of God. Have thy way, please, and we thank you in Jesus' name. Let's all stand tonight. Our heads are bowed. Our eyes are closed. The pianists will play. Some have already come tonight. If you need to come, the altar is open tonight. You know, maybe, maybe a young person just needs to step out, make their way down to this altar and say, you know, regardless of what other young people are going to do, by the grace of God, I'm going to do the perfect will of God. I want to live for Jesus Christ. I want to live for Christ. Some of you tonight maybe have family members that are trying to pull on you a little bit. And tonight you'd say, regardless of what they do, I want to serve Jesus Christ with my life. What about it tonight? If you need to come, the altar's open. Listen, time's not that late. You come on tonight. While we wait, while we wait,